Amen. Well, tonight we sang, I love to tell the story. We sang, Jesus, what a friend for sinners. We sang, I will sing of my Redeemer. We sang about the the hope of the resurrection, our Savior who defeated death. We sang, um, Oh, tell me no more of this world's vain store, children of the heavenly King. I just, I love how Christ-centered, how centered on Jesus Christ the hymns uh, were tonight that were selected. Because I hope to preach Jesus to you tonight. Turn in the Scriptures to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and I'll title the message, Come See a Man. Come See a Man. I'll read the first 26 verses of John chapter 4. It's the account of Jesus' conversation, His divine appointment with the woman of Samaria. And um, I've broken it down in just three, three headings to hopefully make it, make it um, clear and organized in some form or fashion. So the bulk of, of the, the, bulk of, of the uh, content here is just the conversation. And then we'll talk about the revelation and then lastly the response. So let's, let's read John chapter 4. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus Himself baptized not, but His disciples, He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and He must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh He to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour, which is probably noon. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which is a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. 
Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. So, this riveting, amazing scene here, this conversation, Jesus is on His way to Galilee from Judea, which some say is likely a three-day journey. And while going through Samaria was the shortest route, there are three, probably three different routes that you could go through. And while going through Samaria was the shortest route, yet nobody from, from Judea would ever take this route to go through Samaria. Because as you can see with the woman says to Jesus that there was deep, deep prejudice, deep hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. See, the Samaritans were Jews. They were born Jews, but when in um, Assyria, back in, you can read about it in the Kings, during the Assyrian invasion, the Samaritans basically were Jews who had intermarried with the Assyrians and had taken on their idolatry and their um, their their. Yeah, idol worship and all of that. And so the Jews and the Samaritans had deep-rooted hatred for each other. The Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. The, while, of course, the Jews went to Mount Zion, to Jerusalem, that was their place of worship. The Samaritans said no to that, and they said that no, the place where true worship is found is found in Mount Gerizim, which is right near Samaria. They thought from a passage in Genesis that Moses had pronounced that Mount Gerizim was the place where true worship would happen. And so, much less would, would, um, would any Jew, any male Jew, go through Samaria. It would be even more unthinkable to actually talk to a woman here. This is just, you just did not do that. But Jesus was on a mission. It says He must needs go through Samaria. Jesus does everything on purpose and for a purpose. Jesus had one of His children in Samaria who had not yet seen the light, who had not yet had Jesus as Messiah revealed to her. So He had a divine appointment in Samaria. But I love even still as you see from verse 6, that Jesus was very God, He was also very man. Jesus is tempted at all points, like as we are yet without sin. Jesus was legitimately tired. He was worn out from this three-day journey, and it was 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It was hot. It was hot. Well, at this same time, while Jesus and His disciples were going through Samaria. The disciples go to buy some food. This woman comes to this well to draw water. And this was, a, this was the, woman's, the women's daily job to come and draw water. Yet, most women would go in groups and they would go later in the afternoon when it's not so hot. But this woman, who as you can see, was a woman of ill repute, an immoral woman. She was... Uh, 
likely, well, she was ostracized by other, other women and other people, and so she went by herself during the heat of the day. See, this was a big part of, of the social life for the ladies. They would, they would go and gather at this well, do their daily job, talk about the news of the day. Did you hear what happened over there? And, um, but yet this woman went by herself. And some commentators say part of the, part of the reason is, is that a lot of those women may feared that they would maybe, I wonder if my husband is seeing this woman behind my back. But Jesus does the unthinkable and starts a conversation with her. And of course, she's shocked. She's shocked. Who are you? Verse 9, when Jesus, who as man, he's tired. He is worn out. He is weary from his journey. The woman is shocked. How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which is I'm a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Well, it's going to be hard for me not to spill the beans on the whole purpose of John's Gospel, really the whole purpose of the Bible, but I'm going to try to save it for the end. But Jesus, in this opening conversation, is just sort of, I guess you could say, feeling her out. They're feeling each other out, having sort of a preliminary conversation. Jesus says in verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Who do you think the gift of God Jesus is referring to? He's referring to Himself. Jesus Christ is the gift of God. Jesus Christ is the very revelation of God. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. And He is the one that possesses something that that real water, that the coolest, most refreshing water that, that Memphis or America or the world has to offer cannot quench. And that is living water. That is spiritual life. That is eternal life. Well, of course, the woman doesn't, doesn't get it. She, in verse 11, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? What are you talking about? See, this well Jacob gave to his offspring this well, many people say, and it's, it, it, it feeds into a very, a very lively stream. It, they say that it's still there today, that, you can still, that, that Jacob's well is still there today. It's 100, over 100 feet deep, and it's a, it's a huge well, um, and it's, it is a sign of life. It is a sign of nourishment. It's a sign of abundance, fruitfulness. And so she, is, she, is, she does not know what Jesus is talking about, and the reason... Is because what is what is it? First Corinthians two fourteen tell us, the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. See, they are foolishness unto them. And until Jesus Christ reveals Himself to our hearts, then as I've said plenty of times before, what is actually wise is foolish to us, and what is foolish is wise to us. And so this woman. In verse 12 says, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, and of course he's going to contrast water, water that that you and I drink, with this living water, which is himself. He says, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. 
But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know, obviously natural water is good. We have to have natural water to live. Our body is mostly made up of water. But yet, when you drink water, especially when I'm up here speaking, in about two minutes, I'll need another drink of water. It's not something that can perpetually quench my thirst. I want to just say this to all of you. Everybody is thirsting after something. Everybody is searching for satisfaction. See, here's a woman who is looking for some type of fulfillment and satisfaction. She had had five husbands. And the man that she's living with, she's living with a man who is not her husband. Which, by the way, side note, it is wrong to live together and not be married. Marriage is, is, a, is a divine institution that Brother Isaac has, has preached to us about. This woman is a woman who is unfulfilled. And she is searching for fulfillment. You, let me ask this, where are you, young people, listen to me, where are you looking to quench your thirst? Where are you looking to satisfy, to satisfy whatever it is that you are looking for? You will not find it outside of Jesus Christ. You will not find it outside of a church that preaches God's Word, that preaches Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can satisfy. None but Jesus. None but Jesus. Where are you looking? Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever, shall, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Well, her response, she still doesn't get it. I don't know. I've, I've read this over and over the last two, two weeks or so. And part of me thinks maybe, she's, she, maybe she thinks that maybe he, she's just kind of playing with her. Maybe he thinks this is a, some sort of a joke and she's kind of playing along. She says in verse 15, The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. It reminds me of John 6. You remember when Jesus feeds the probably fifteen to 20,000, the 5,000 plus uh, women and children. And in John 6, it says in verse 25 that the, the crowd, the multitude that had seen Jesus do this amazing miracle with five loaves of bread and two fish feed this multitude of people, you would think they would just stop in awe and say, yes, this is the Messiah. But instead... John 6.25, it says, And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when, when camest thou hither? Verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. See, in John 6, it was like they saw Jesus as a magician, but not as the Messiah. They saw him as, as somebody who could do these amazing feats and, and hey I'm, I'm fed 
And so I'm going to follow this guy, but not seeing him as Lord, not seeing him as the Messiah that had been prophesied, that they had been told about from birth. And that's kind of, this is what comes to my mind anyway when, when I see when in her response, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither do I have to come here. I'm tired of walking up this mountain every single day by myself at noon. I'm burning up and it's just, I have to get this water and come all the way back down and I do it every single day. So whatever you got, if it means that I don't have to come here, then I'm, I'm all in. Well, we're still at the conversation. So point number one, or heading number one. See, I told you it wouldn't completely quench my thirst. I had to get another drink. Um, here in verse 16 is going to mark a transition in this conversation. Jesus had been discussing this water. What is this, this everlasting water? What are you talking about? Well, whatever it is, if it means I don't have to climb up this mountain and get this water by myself, then, then bring it my way. Well then, brothers and sisters, Jesus knows how to get to the heart of the matter. Jesus here, first off, you know, he, he shows His humanity by being thirsty, by being tired and thirsty. Well, here He's going to show His divinity. Jesus is omniscient. Jesus knows everything. Jesus is God. So this is going to mark a transition in the conversation. And this is when Jesus is going to begin really revealing Himself to the woman who He actually is. You know, what I'm about to read, no doubt, obviously it, 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 uh, she was humiliated, she was shocked. But yet, I see the compassion of Jesus here. I see the compassion of Jesus. You know, Luke 5.32 says, Jesus says, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So, if I see myself as righteous... Yeah, I'm good with God. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a good guy. I do the right thing. I'm good. Jesus is not calling. Jesus is not for you if you think you're righteous in your own works. He's calling sinners to repentance. Remember uh, last Sunday in Luke chapter 7 that Brother Isaac preached about? That sinner, the woman that was just known as the sinner. But when Jesus revealed Himself to her in His compassion... She doesn't care. She doesn't care who sees or what. She is, she is going to break that box of ointment and cover it over Him and wash His feet with her hair and her tears. I see the compassion of Jesus. The mission of Jesus on earth was to do the will of His Father. It was His meat to do the will of His Father. And that mission, we see it in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. When Paul, through the Holy Spirit, through Paul says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. This, is, was, this was Jesus' ultimate purpose in this passage here. Here is a sinner. So... <laughs> Here's the transition. He says, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. 
Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. So just in case you didn't know, in my, in my deep studies, I found out that there really was no Facebook or Instagram or you couldn't go online and, and do all sorts of investigation on people to find out their life. No, Jesus here reveals His omniscience. Yeah, go call your husband. Jesus knows how to get personal. He gets to the root of our sin. He gets to the heart of the matter. And it's not very pleasant, is it? Because you and I are sinners. You know how Brother Zach has always said for years and years, wouldn't you hate if I was up here preaching or in our conversations we had the blurb of our thoughts going through our head? Pretty humiliating, right? Pretty humbling, right? Well, Jesus just exposed this lady. Also, He's revealing Himself. And so, what would you do? What would you do? What would be your response in the conversation? Maybe, maybe uh, after that, I would say, well, uh, what do you think about eschatology? What's your, what's your view on amill and, and, and pre-mill and post-mill? Let's, let's talk about that. You, uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, whatever all those are. <laughs> Let's change the topic here. Wow, that weather, man, we're finally getting some cool weather here. Praise the Lord. Thank you. So she, uh, she changes the conversation. Now, she says in verse, um, well, she says in verse 19, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Mount Gerizim, which is very close to where they were, most likely. She, she probably had to go up and down that mountain every single day to, to get this water. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So, it was, it was, it was very much a ritual. The worship of the Jews and the Samaritans was very much just dry ritual. Go up this mountain do our duty, and then be done and we're good. Well, Jesus also turns the tables on her. He gets to the heart of this matter as well. He says, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. These things are going to be destroyed. These mountains, these, these Jerusalem this is going to be destroyed one day. Ye worship, ye know, ye know not what. You don't even know what you're worshiping. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews, meaning the Messiah, Jesus, who is Jewish, is where salvation is found. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So the true worship of God, brothers and sisters, is not about location. I praise God we have a building to meet in. But you know, there was a man, a a pastor in India just this week, who 
was shot in the chest. I believe it was the chest. Thankfully, I believe he lived. Who was shot in the chest because he was told to recite some Islamic creed. And instead, he recited uh, the Apostles' Creed. I believe God the Father and Jesus. And they shot him in the chest. I've heard stories of a friend of mine who uh, was playing basketball overseas, and uh, he's a, he's a, a Christian, a believer, and he spent a little bit of time in China, and he tried to find a, a somewhere to worship while he was in China. He said it was about a I think it was a three hour process just to get in and out of this underground church to where he was going to worship on a Sunday morning or what I don't know what day or time actually they were able to worship just for fear of persecution. The true worship of God is not about physical location. It's about the heart. It is about your inner soul, your inner self. Yes, it's believing right things about God. God is truth. It is believing the truth about who God says He is and where He reveals Himself, which is His Word. But it is not dry ritual. It's not, I've come to Grace Chapel, I've done my duty, and now let me go about my week. No, the Father is seeking people to worship Him in spirit and in truth with everything you have from the heart. I was thinking, maybe it was this afternoon, I don't remember, about the, matter of fact, let me find it. In Romans... Going the wrong way. Romans 12. Yeah. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your amazing, beyond exceeding great service. No, no. This is your reasonable service. That word actually means it's your rational. So it's just, it's only rational that you, if you've been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, if He has brought you to see your sins, to see yourself and myself for who we really are, dead in our sins, and who has transformed our life and given us that living water, it's only reasonable. It is just reasonable for us to give Him our everything, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him. It's only reasonable, brothers and sisters. It's not unreasonable. It's not far out. and you know, a, 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 It's not like you're given a task at work that's just, man, I, this is just beyond my... I haven't even been trained in this or anything like that. No, it is, it is only logical for us to do that. So yeah, while she changes the subject, he's going to get right back to the heart of the matter. Don't worship God out of just dry ritual. No, He is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
Well, moving along. This is the conversation, and then I call this the revelation, where Jesus is going to finally reveal Himself to this woman. And really, I call it the revelation or the purpose. This is the very purpose of John's Gospel, and really the purpose of God's Word of the whole Bible. So after he says, verse 24, he says, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all things. So even this, this woman, you know, I don't know, how did she end up the way she ended up? You know, She had a mama at some point. She had, a, I assume, parents at some point. She was somebody's baby at some point. How did she end up like she ended up? But at some point, maybe it was as a child, she was taught of the Messiah, this coming Messiah. She knew about this. But yet, she had lived this life of disrepute. This life of shame. Until she, her eyes are completely opened. And she realizes that this Messiah that she had been taught about, that she had known about, is this weary, thirsty, hot, sweaty traveler that is talking to her. Verse 26, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee, Am he. The King James translators, as Brother Zach would say, they're honest, and so that word he in italics is something they added. Let me read it again. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am. I am. I didn't even realize this, but one commentator is right when he says this is really this is the first recorded time that Jesus reveals himself as the divine I am. Right here. I want to read John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. The whole purpose of this gospel is that right there. The whole purpose of God's word is that right there, but specifically John's Gospel. This is after Thomas's unbelief, until I see the, the, the nails in his, or the scars in his hands and feet, I will not believe, and then Jesus shows it to him. Thomas answers after, after he sees, he, he sees the, the, his fingers and his, beholds his hands. Thomas answers and said unto him, My Lord and my God, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Verse 30, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. This is the whole purpose. This is the whole purpose. This is the whole point of life. Is that Jesus Christ 
is God. Jesus is the I am that I am. And there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus. His finished work on the cross. Just quickly, just go through the Gospel of John. The very first sentence of John's Gospel reveals this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. I love just the in the beginning was. Meaning He already was. He's the I Am. The eternally existent God. What about in John 8.58? In John chapter 8 when He's having that conversation with the Jews and there, he's, when he claimed, he's older than, than Moses, Moses uh, or Abraham rejoices to see my day. They're saying, you're not even 50 years old and you're talking about Abraham rejoicing to see your day? And then he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, before Abraham was, I am. What about in John chapter 6, 35, where he says, I am the bread of life. John chapter 8, verse 12, and John chapter 9, verse 5, I am the light of the world. John chapter 10, I am the door. Also in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. None come to the Father but by me. John chapter 15, I am the true vine. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the only thing that can satisfy. There is no no true satisfaction, no true fulfillment, but through the name of the Lord, the name that is a strong tower where the righteous run to and are safe. She had heard about Him. Probably again as a young as a young girl, and maybe throughout her life, maybe when she went up to Mount Gerizim to to partake in the Samaritan worship, she had heard about this Messiah, this Messiah, and then he reveals that he had been he is the one who has been talking to her. Well, what's her response? What is her response? And what should your response and my response be if we've truly been brought to see our sins and Jesus Christ is our only hope. His finished work on the cross is our only hope of salvation. You remember in verse um, verse 15 when she says, Sir, give me this water so I don't have to come back here every day and, and draw. It's, it's hard. Practically, it was hard work, I can imagine. As a lady going up and down this mountain every single day in the hot weather, and carrying this water, well then, something must have changed, y'all, because in verse 28, it says, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? That hard work that walk up and down the mountain, 
her reputation, it did not matter anymore because Jesus changes everything. Jesus transforms everything. He transformed her life. And then she wants to tell others about it. Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Well, in verse 39, it says, And many of the Samaritans, remember the Jews and the Samaritans hate each other. It says, Many of the Samaritans of the city believed on Him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. She wanted to tell others about Jesus. She wanted to tell others about this living water. Verse 40, it says, So when the Samaritans were coming to Him, they besought Him that He would tarry with them, and He abode there two days. They wanted this man to stay. And in verse 41, And many more believed because of His own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard Him ourselves, and know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Brothers and sisters, there was a revival in Samaria. Man, it was just the luck of the draw that they decided the third option on, that, uh, on the route to Samaria, right? Or the route to uh, Galilee, right? No. He must needs go through Samaria. There was a divine appointment that Jesus had. Well, I want to close. I've already said it, but I'll say it again. This woman had lived a very unfulfilled life. She was likely miserable. In and out of relationships. All alone, didn't have any friends, especially friends, female friends. She was looking in all the wrong places. And again, I want to ask you, Specifically, younger people, where are you looking for fulfillment? If it's in stuff, if it's in, in things, in entertainment, in money, in whatever, you will be disappointed. If it's in, Like the, the story of, of Brother Isaac told us today, the, 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 the young lady who so desperately wanted to be married that she was willing to give her body to a man in an illegitimate way. There's only fulfillment in the one who knows everything that you've already done. So come see a man. Come to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Lay your burdens at His feet. You know, the very one we were reading last night, the very one who on the cross, while He was hanging there, while He had been humiliated, physically, mentally, everything, exhausted, He was spent, He has been whipped beyond Recognition, he cries out, I thirst. So, in a sense, he 
became thirsty so that you and I would have our thirst quenched. This is the living water. This is Jesus. So come see a man. And very lastly too, for those of us who have been trying to follow the Lord, let, this be, let the woman's reaction be an example to us in, conver- in daily conversations to not be ashamed. I know sometimes it can be awkward, but may, maybe we ask God, Lord, give me an opportunity to be unashamed of You today. Break down any barriers that would hinder me from sharing Jesus Christ with somebody today. Come see a man.